Welcome to the Let That Go Show with Kasira McKee and Richard Skipper. This show is based on Kasira's book, Let That Go, where she guides people in completely blessing and releasing people, places, and all kinds of things. Kasira and Richard share personal insights and experiences based on concepts in Kasira's book with guests and you, their co-hosts. Are you ready to let that go? Let's go. Hi, Richard and Kasira. I hope you guys had a great holiday season. I wanted to share with you how much your book, Let That Go, has meant to me. Uh, my favorite chapter is probably the one where we change and really look at the, the vocabulary that we use. And my favorite word that I have changed is honestly or truly. And that indicates that I maybe sometime I'm not honest and maybe sometimes I don't think I'm being true. I use the word candid instead. So I think that's more applicable. I look forward to next year and I'm changing my direction of thinking. I like to say that you make the comfortable uncomfortable and you make the uncomfortable comfortable. Happy 2023. Bye. Merry Christmas, Kassira! Hello, doll. That was our friend, Doug McAllister. Isn't he the best? He is wonderful. That's why we're friends. Not just because he loves the book, but we're friends. And he's a well, lovely, 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 lovely human being. He is absolutely lovely. Yeah. What a great year you and I have had right here. I mean, a lot's gone into the world, but today it's Christmas, and you and I are here live to tape. Do we you know are. what that means, Kasira? It means it's done and we don't have to do it next week. <laughs> <laughs> so we can have a holiday. Means, New Year's you know, is going to be on a Sunday. You know, yeah. I, have a, I have a dear friend, uh, Chuck Sweeney, and he does this show where he plays Peggy Lee. And he comes out and he says, we're going to be singing live to tape tonight. Let me explain that to those that are not in the industry. That means we are singing live to tape. So tonight, everyone, uh, you can leave comments because the comments, that is going to still be open. But mm -hmm. Sarah and I, uh, we, well, we, we may be here. We may actually be here. We may not be here. God only knows where we are at this moment, but we are here tonight. But this was Kasira's idea, which I think is a brilliant idea, since it is Christmas Day, that we pre-tape this. So we are a few days before Christmas. Um, but it gives us a chance to reflect over the year we've had and to mm -hmm. talk about where we've been, where we are, and where we plan to go in the next year. So where do you want to start, Kasira? I who knows? I mean, I I do I don't even remember. I don't remember. I don't even remember the subject of the first show we did. Do you remember the subject of the first show? I'm so glad you asked that question because did you I'm find gonna, out? Okay. I'm gonna pull that up because the okay. first show that we did this year mm -hmm. uh, was on January 30th. Okay. And, uh, look at our photographs. Oh, I we're Hummel twins. We look like a Hummels. We I love like that. Boy and girl Hummel statues. Yeah. And we talked about how our thoughts and feelings create our law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And it was a great way to start the year. Uh, we started off on this journey. And, you know, we started the year 
Uh, you know, our show has gone through various uh, evolutions mm-hmm. uh, you know, as we've gone through the year. Um, but, you know, one thing has remained. We've done the show on Sunday nights uh, uh, for the most part. Uh, we've made a couple of changes here and there. Mm-hmm. We started out by doing the giveaways with every show. Uh, mm-hmm. We stopped doing that. Uh, we we still encourage people to buy the book. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been very, very fortunate, you and I, because we've had a very loyal following. Yes. We've developed, you call it the let that goers? Yeah, the LTGers. The LTGers. The LTGers. Um, and they show up. They are loyal. Uh, some of them, uh, I'm sure, are watching right now. They show up. They watch the show. They, they enjoy each they enjoy each other. They've and, all become kind of virtual friends. Uh-huh. And it's this family that happens mm-hmm. week after week after week. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that for me, and uh because not only do you and I do this uh on uh, Sundays with our LTGers, but uh I started off well when COVID began. And a lot of people know this already, but I uh, started a book group. It started with The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. And we've gone through various incarnations uh, with that book group, several books. And when we finished the preceding book, and I mentioned the preceding book, uh, it was uh, Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart. When we finished that book, I suggested that we do your book. And the, the, uh, our book group embraced your book. Um, after I will be honest with you. After the first session, uh, there were a couple of people who were like, well, I don't know if this is yeah. or not. But uh-huh. it, I said, just hang in there. Just hang in. And by the second week, everybody was on board. And mm-hmm. it's been incredible. It's been an incredible journey. I I'm I'm encouraged by anyone who's encouraged by the book. Mm-hmm. Uh and to watch the people in your book club evolve through this book has been extraordinary. The stories, the every week they report on a realization they had, oh, now I see what you meant by this. Um now I see what you mean by karma. Oh, now I see what you mean by holding on to even small events and letting them fester in my mind all day and all week and all my, Oh, now I, Oh, now I see the importance of letting things go. Now I see it, you know, I love it. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And they're all, everybody in the group is, is, you know, well, of course we don't, we can't mention anybody and we can't mention quotes because what happens in the book club stays in the book club. It's, we have a code of confidentiality, which also makes it a really wonderful experience. But I do want to say this for those who are watching that as we go into the new year, we're opening the doors. So if anyone watching this is interested in jumping on board as we finish this book and go into our next book, a book that you recommended, hopefully that's going to be our next book. Um, we welcome you with open arms. But I want to ask you, uh, Kassira, um, Rogers and Hammerstein said it best. If you become a teacher by your pupils, you will be taught. What have you learned from leading uh, this book group and from also being part of this broadcast for the past year? 
What you, you know, I mean, I, I, it's, I've just further kind of developed my own thoughts and feelings around how precious every, every individual is. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's opinion is viable. Everyone's opinion is important. Everyone's belief systems are important to listen to. We, we're, we're all in this together. And I feel like we have created this collective consciousness of people who really care about not only healing themselves, yet, um, you know, uh, presenting things to other people that might help them heal as well. Um, we've had a, a lot of people recommend the book to other people, family members, friends. Uh, they bought the book for other people to, to kind of get into, you know, and just, you know, as I, I say over and over again, an ocean begins with the one drop of water and each person that gets the book and jumps in the pool and starts working it. They've every, I've not had one bad review. I've not had one negative message about it or email about it so i feel like we're kind of creating our own ocean of consciousness of collective consciousness but with each person that just at least gives it a try that gives the book a try and gives my information a try and but also and also watches the show to learn more i think it's really i think it's really generous of us to do these shows these shows you know, we could build a workshop on these shows, you know, and charge people, you know, several hundred dollars to do a workshop. But we don't. We we present this show weekly and we we lead people along the way in the journey of the work of letting things go. Well, Cassandra, if you don't mind, I'd like to put the spotlight on you tonight a little bit. Uh, and I'd like to talk a little bit about your trajectory. Um you know, obviously, there are several modalities that you have adopted in your life. Um, when you first sat down to begin this journey that you're on now in this lifetime, mm-hmm. um, what was the impetus that encouraged you to sit down and begin to write this book? Well, I talk about it in the there's a there's the first part of the book. It's called A Note from Casero. Mm-hmm. And um, I had just earned my bachelor's degree in metaphysical science. Uh, I did an actual study and passed the passed the passed the everything and um, and earned the title metaphysical minister. And the the it was it was to further educate myself on how magnetic we are and how powerful we we are we can be and how we do co-create i learned that we co-create it's it's not that we you know i can't i i just i don't like it when people say you're the producer and the director and the writer and the choreographer of your production it's not what you want there's something wrong with the way you create well no that's not true we co-create together because every almost every decision we make everything we do reflects other people in some way it affects another person and i learned this in the in my courses uh towards a, a metaphysical science degree and 
I learned that, oh, we do all, we co-create with higher consciousness, whatever you, whatever anybody calls it. I don't care if you call it God, you know, uh, Yahweh, the goddess, divine spirit, the one, you know, I call it, high, I call it higher consciousness to, to please everyone. It doesn't matter to me what anybody calls it. You call it God, fine, you know, go, go for it. Good on you, you know. Uh, we co-create with our higher consciousness, whatever you call it, and each other. It's a, it's a, it's a triangle of creation. It's a triad of creation. And after I earned my degree, I had two female friends that both came to me for counseling. I also do numberology, as you know, and I have not yet finished that book. I hope to, my, my goal is to finish, my termination is to finish that book this year. Uh, and that's they, I really want to focus on in the next year with you. Yeah, I want to, I, that's where I want to go with you in the next year. Okay, the numberology. It's fun. It's numberology is fun, and it's I've interviewed so many people and did I've done so much numerology numberology for all these people that I started noticing uh, common traits with in with numbers. Mm -hmm. Like all the fours I interviewed had common traits. All the twos I interviewed had common traits. All the sevens, you know. And I'm like, oh, this, this, there's something to this. There's something to it. Anyway, so they wanted numberology and they wanted some counseling on, on, on their relationships with men. <laughs> and, and two, two of them were in relationships that did not work. And they just kept holding on. And I said, what is it going to take for you to let go? Yes, if you're, Say if you're if, if and I tell everybody this when they come to me for any sort of counseling on letting things go. If you're in a relationship that doesn't work and it's not working, and no matter what you try, and no matter whether he tries or not, or she tries or not, you know, if, if it's just not working and you're unhappy, if you want somebody to talk you into staying with that person, I'm not the person to come to. My number one determination. Is that anybody who comes to me is happy? They're happy, and if you're not happy with someone, and it's been going on for a while, and you're trying to make it be work, you're making it work. You know, I'm not the person to come to. And thankfully, I know for sure one of them finally let go of the 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 man, and she has been so happy ever since. Uh, she has she's flourished ever since in her own life and her own realizations about her herself and her life. The other one, I'm not sure. However, I think that <laughs> I don't believe they're together anymore. <clears throat> but so that's how it started. And I started looking at why I just started looking at why we hold on to people <clears throat> and situations and things. And I started, as you know, I'm practice Nietzsche and Buddhism and I chant every, every morning. And I started chanting about it. And as I was chanting, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. It just, it just, the book just started coming to me. And just literally, I felt like higher consciousness was just downloading all of this information into my mind. And I started taking notes and I started writing chapters and more information would come to me and I'd write that chapter and another idea would come to me and I'd write that chapter. Uh, I wrote the chapter on relocation when not only I was putting forth effort to relocate to another state, another friend of mine, I 
guided to into moving first to California very quickly and then to Miami very quickly. And he followed everything. He followed all of my suggestions and guidances uh, to the T and he did it. He did it. I was counseling another person on <laughs> moving to another country, which people do all the time. Still hasn't happened yet because there's a resistance there. Just going to put it out there. Yet if there's, if, if one can, if one is willing and is, is, is willing to take in new information and one is mindful and one is uh, willing to follow what, what I teach, one will get there. I agree. I totally you agree. Know, if one is, is willing to completely let go of the resistance, and that's based on their own psychology, not mine, mm -hmm. then uh, one will get there. Well, I've got a two-part question for you. As you find that you're tapping more and more into your higher consciousness, how do you feel that people are resonating with you uh, and responding to you? And how do you feel that you're responding to other people? I'm always open to what anybody has to say. I'm open. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about this? What are your, so what are the thoughts you had that triggered that feeling? Oh, that's interesting. I find the people interesting. I'm non-judgmental about any of it. Mm -hmm. I'm non-judgmental about where people are coming from, what their belief system is, what they're holding on to, what they think they must let go of. I, I very rarely tell people will tell me about their situations and I will ask, so what do, what is it you think you're being called to let go of in order to change the situation or be happy? Because here's the thing, if we're unhappy and we're complaining, we have two choices. We accept what's going on and we accept the people in the play and we stop complaining or we change the play and we stop complaining. Complaining is, and I, I mean, I wrote the I wrote the book because I I used I used to complain a lot, you know, uh, and uh, complaining is a really 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 negative energy. And here's the thing: the universe has no judgment. So if we're complaining about something, we're focusing on that thing, and the universe will go, "Oh, you must like that. I'll give you more of that." Here's some more stuff to complain about. And I know I've known chronic complainers, you know, which, what I, I, also, which I also call professional victims. One of the things that I was, people will say things like, oh, my God, Gone with the Wind was on uh, again last night. And I would and I'll jokingly say to them, did they change the ending? And they'll go, what? And I'll say, did they change the ending? And they'll go, what are you talking about? And I go, well, the last time I saw it, they changed the ending. And of course, I'm pulling their leg because the ending is always the same. And it's the same thing that you're talking about when there are certain people in your book, you talk about these people that love telling the same stories over and over and over again. And I, I was talking to our uh, dear friend, Tesla Bella this morning. My day began with a phone call at seven o'clock this morning. She said, am I calling you too early? I said, it's never too early to call me. Um, I was so thrilled to get this call and we were talking about the people that, you know, there's an ebb and flow in everybody's lives. And there are certain people that are no longer in my life because of choices that I've made and some choices that they've made. Um, and then there's the other thing that you've 
mentioned that I have become acutely aware of this year. A lot of people are checking out. Yes. A lot of people are checking out of this planet. There's a really, really successful, well-known choreographer who just died of, of a brain tumor at 32 years old. Wow. Um, she was in the original cast and, chore and she was the choreographer of, of Mean Girls on Broadway. I won't mention her name, but that happened. It's every day we're getting these. Every day we're getting these alerts on the news. So-and-so died. So-and-so died. A lot of young people, including celebrities, are killing themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite, favorite dancers and choreographers who used to be a co-producer on The Ellen Show. He was the DJ on her show. He won his first. He, he came to light, really, when he won So You Think You Can Dance. Right. Twit. His name yes. is Twitch. I love his, Twitch. His real name is Stephen Boss. He, he, I don't want to bring us down, but this is an example. He he was married to a dancer from so from Dancing with the Stars, and they had three children. Uh, he walked. He took. He walked out of their house with a duffel bag. Walked down the street to a hotel, a motel, and shot himself in the head. There are a lot of people leaving. My Reiki, and master, my Reiki master and I talk about this all the time. She said, there are souls out there who are, their souls are checking out. They, they don't want to be here right now. They did, they may, you know, we, we have soul contracts, okay? And we can change them anytime. And all of us agree to be here right now, yet there's some souls that just, they don't, they can't take it. And I, because, as you you know, I like to use this word, I think these souls overcommitted themselves. And they got here and went, went, wait a minute. I didn't know I was signing up for this. Okay, I can't do this. And they leave. They're leaving. A lot of souls are leaving the planet. And there's, uh, I read an article about younger people who are in childbearing years have decided not to have children because they don't want to bring their children into this world. That's a new thing, by the way. But on a people, don't want to, people I know a lot of couples who have never had children. They're now in their 40s. They're not going to have children. They just don't think it's fair to bring a child into this world. And that's a choice that they make. But yeah. on a positive note, Cassandra, can you imagine what our children would be like? Uh, they would be divas. <laughs> uh, they would definitely be in the entertainment industry. They would be into hair and makeup and fashion. Um, they would be really outspoken <laughs> and probably get into trouble for opening their mouth like I do all, all the time. Um, but, but the other thing I want to say is I, what we, what you and I realized, well, I kind of realized that we've talked about it a lot, but one of the big things we've talked about this year is our expectations. Yes. Of not only ourselves, yet other people. Um, you know, we we come up with something and an idea in our head. And we put it out there and people don't respond like we expected them to or didn't, you know, didn't cooperate in a way that we feel is appropriate or, you know. Um, well, you know, uh, it's funny that you say that because every year they come up with the word of the year. Like and the, I, I, which I don't I don't understand that. Oh, I think it's a new it's a new dictionary thing. Like, yeah, well, the word of this year was gaslighting, and if I had to choose the word of the year for Richard Skipper, it would be expectations, and and a lot of it has to be you know you 
have like a neon sign above my head in Vegas with the lights racing. <laughs> you remember when I was a kid, I loved when we would go on road trips with my family and uh -huh. we didn't do too many of them, but when, if we were traveling at night, uh -huh. passing a Holiday Inn, you could see a Holiday Inn, it seemed like for miles away because the signs were so big and there was a giant star Mm -hmm. on their sign and that sign was a it was a neon star that was shooting out uh like neon uh beams uh -huh. in opposite direction mm -hmm. and that is my image of my of 2022 for me with the word expectations big um as you know you know i made a decision uh to step away for uh, from uh, social media. And the interesting thing about all of this is, you know, this is probably old news as you and I are doing this live to tape right now. Mm -hmm. But Elon Musk put out a statement as, as we're taping this. Uh, I woke up this morning with the news that he's asking his many, many uh, pe uh, people who are still on Twitter if he should stay on Twitter. Oh no! They, they've already finished that. Fifty-seven percent said they want him to step down. They want him to leave. Yeah, and a lot of that has to do because of the. Uh, and I do believe that perhaps there's a consciousness of awake. You know, we use the word woke, and the word woke is being thrown around a lot. But perhaps people are beginning to wake up. Perhaps people are beginning to say. As I go forward in my life, I don't want the negativity in my life. Maybe right. And we're, yeah. And we're in the age of Aquarius now. We're expected to wake up. Yes. That's part of our evolution as a species. There are, I have found out by just asking people, like, what do you think of our species? Are we, are we just who we are? Or are we expected to continually evolve? Like, like plant life does, like animals do, like, you know, anything out there. A lot of people will say, oh, no, we, we you know, we are who we are. If you believe that this is the end of our evolution, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, we're, we are living beings who evolve like everything else. We're evolving like everything else. And whether we or not we agree to evolve is our decision. It's our decision. I will tell you that I believe at this point. Anger, violence, anything that has to do with anger and violence is outdated. It's way outdated. You know, it's it's so it's so old and it's time for us to stop being so darn angry with each other and stop hurting each other. It's just time. Because, well, you know, why do you think it is that people bring it into their homes? People, uh, if you, you know, I. My channel was set up, my TV is set up to my favorite channels. But even with my ch uh, TV set up to my, uh, if I'm channel surfing mm -hmm. and I go from point A to point Z and beyond, I can guarantee you that if I was to do this right now with you sitting by my side, mm -hmm. we would see more images of violence and anger than positivity. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, when you scroll, when I scroll through an app, a channel app on Roku, you know, and it's just, it's just one after another violence, violence, violence.
uh, storylines that I, I read the caption of what the storyline is and I don't want anything to do with it. You know? <laughs> so, and I, and I'm also not one of those, uh, um, okay, not to put down Hallmark because I love their cards and I, there is a Hallmark store here and I do shop there. But Hallmark, you know, lollipop movies, I don't like them either. They're, they, they're not, they're not realistic. They're, they're, come on, they're just not realistic. You know, somewhere in between makes me really happy. Uh, so, you know, I watch things that are kind of in between. I, I just watched. You know, they're all the same movie. Well, I, I just watched Wedding in Paradise with uh, Sandra Bullock and uh, George Clooney. Mm -hmm. They were funny. They were funny. It was funny. They were funny. The whole cast was adorable. Um, and then on the other hand, I watched White Lotus. White Lotus is crazy. And I'm, you know, I just watched the last episode of the season. Uh, it was such a twist. The end was such a twist. And I'm not going to lie to you. It was violent. Well, they did such a spoof of Jennifer Coolidge on Saturday Night Live. Saturday I saw Night. it. Oh, <laughs> I want to put it out there. I, if anybody from Hollywood can hear my voice, <laughs> get Jennifer Coolidge to co uh, to co uh, to host Saturday Night Live next season. Because so funny. The, the, okay, it's really kind of her. If you've seen all of her her body of work, it's her doing a role. <laughs> you know, it's, she's the same in everything, pretty much. You know, you know? So she didn't but, start out that way. Look at her on <laughs> Seinfeld. She plays Jerry. She plays Jerry Seinfeld's girlfriend, and she's nothing at all like that. Yeah, but she, you know, she just—I uh, don't know. She, you know, she marketed herself as herself, and just got started getting all these roles. And you just, and no one, it. there's not an actress out there that could even touch her in her persona. <laughs> Did you see her last year? Was it? Uh, it, it was either the Golden Globes or the Emmy Awards when she won the award, and they started to play the music to get her off the stage, and she started dancing. She just started dancing around the stage, and the louder the music got, the more. <laughs> she just hysterical. I mean, She's that terrible. was the moment of really taking our moment. Uh -huh. She took her moment on that stage. She wins this award for White Lotus, and she took advantage of that moment and just danced with such abandon. That's what everybody was talking about the next day. Uh, yeah, she's really funny. I love her, I, and I, I, you know, I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see more of that coming out of people. I'd like to see more of that. Um, and, you know, award shows are live and we, we never know what to expect. And if you don't know what to expect, watch the replay of Will Smith slapping, slapping Chris Rock. You know, I'm like, what? What just happened? What just happened? You know, well, we never know. Well, you know, I, you know, I want to say something about that because I saw an interview with him where he said that he had his nephew on his lap and his nephew was holding his Oscar. And his nephew said to him, Uncle Will, why did you hit that man? Mm -hmm. And he said that moment broke his heart that his nephew would ask him that question. Because, and we all have these moments in our life, Kasira, where 
we a moment where a lapse in judgment causes us to put a pall over how we, you know, and your book, Let That Go, that's something. He can let go of any anger he has. He can let go of uh, any feelings he has towards that moment. But he can't let go of the fact that that moment happened. Yeah, I write about it all the time. You know, I talk about it all the time. The only moment that exists is the present moment. That's it. Right. The only moment that exists is the present moment. It decides our past and future. And I have to think about that constantly. I, I, that's, I wrote the book, you know. And so just because, here's the thing, just because we're thinking something doesn't mean we have to say it. You know, just because we're thinking something doesn't mean we have to act on it. We can think it and the and our higher consciousness hears it. Don't think it doesn't. Higher consciousness hears and sees, you know, higher consciousness knows when you are sleeping. It knows when you're awake. You know, higher consciousness says, you know, decide if you're going to be bad or good, but just be good for goodness sake. Thank you, higher consciousness. You know, but, but it's, it's true. true. It's true. And, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. We are all have soul contracts. I I don't think anything is a mistake. I don't I don't think there's any mistakes or coincidences. And I think that moment with those two, that was a soul contract of some sort. That was because it wasn't to me. For and and forgive me if anybody thinks I'm wrong here. But to me, it's not only about him hit Will Smith doing that. It was about what Chris Rock says about people. It was it was that too. Consider this more. It was he was a part of that problem. They were both a part of the problem. But there's you know, to make fun of someone's wife and her short hair, and then and then he goes, Well, I didn't know she had alopecia. And I said, I know she has alopecia. If I know she has alopecia, why wouldn't Chris Rock know she has alopecia? He's they're friends, they've known each other for years. You know, why wouldn't you know she had alopecia? Everybody else on the planet knows. How come you, Chris Rock, don't know that? And you made fun of her anyway. And and that was cruel. I I I love Chris Rock. I followed him for years. There's a lot of comedians I follow, but I thought I thought that moment was cruel. And so did Jada, and so did Will. And he and he just said, I can't take this, and I'm I have to do something about it. Unfortunately, you slapped him. But I, you know, he said, he just said, I'm going to go do something about this right now. How dare you? Which he could have waited until afterwards. But yet the whole world saw Chris Rock say that about his wife. And in a split, you know, it wasn't a split second, actually, you know, he, they looked at each other and he just thought, uh oh, I have to go defend her now. Um, and he didn't have to hit him. He, he could have said, you know, he could have said, uh, I, we've been friends for years. I don't like the fact that you just said that about my wife on, on international television. I'm just, I'm just saying that right now. That was unfair. It was really unfair. Well, again, I want to, something that I want to say, and then I want to respond to that. Um, going back for a moment, you mentioned the soul contracts, which is something that I really have delved into since I've learned about it through you. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, not only was it a soul contract between those two men, I also believe it was a soul contract between the audience 
And oh, it was a collective consciousness, absolutely. Collective consciousness because it gave everyone a chance to talk about this. Um, I went to see, a, 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 I mean, a few years ago, our mutual friend, Glenn Charlo, who does the graphics for this show, he was involved, um, and I'm sure he's going to be fine with me mentioning his name in this. He was part of a short documentary film festival. And I went to this short documentary film festival to see a film that Glenn was part of. Mm -hmm. As part of that film festival, there was another short film that was so offensive to me that as a moment in this film was unfolding, mm -hmm. I literally stood up in the theater and said, this is disgusting. And I got up and I walked out of the theater. And everybody in the theater knew by my action that I found it disgusting. There are some people that may have thought maybe I went too far by saying anything because it was the film, uh, it was the person who created the film's right to say this. But my thought at that moment was that I did not choose to be brought into this moment. I That moment was brought to me because it was part of this other bigger picture. If I wanted to see that type of a film, I would have gone to see that type of a film. That wasn't, that type of a film that was being shown was not like- well, It wasn't what you expected and you overcommitted yourself because it wasn't made clear to you what it was really about. Well- You committed, I, you committed to going and you gave it a shot. <laughs> so I got up- and it's and up to you out. if you walk out. I walked out on a play in LA with, Sean Penn and uh, but you probably didn't make your voice heard. Danny, Danny Ayala and somebody else. It was just, I didn't find it entertaining or informative at all. I found it narcissistic. It was a play three of them did together that was just narcissistic. I mean, it, well, it didn't have any thought or meaning to me, and I was bored. And I made, I was with my one of my ex fiancés, and we left. Well, when I came back to my seat, and after the film show, the filmmaker called me out. And he said, uh, your reaction speaks more about you than my film. And I said, that's right. And I own it. There are certain yeah. things. I said, there are certain things that I don't want to see in film. I know that children die of cancer. That doesn't necessarily mean I want to see that happen on film. Mm -hmm. If I want to go see a film about that, that's mm -hmm. a choice I make. And I think that, you know, as artists, uh, as anyone who, put, I mean, you and I, we have a product to put out here each week. Mm -hmm. You and I, we are respectful of our audience. We are, re, you know, we stay within the confines of what your book is about. And our goal is never to come out here and offend anyone. And we try to be very careful about that. Um, and I come from the school, this is me, Richard Skipper speaking, that if I've offended one person, I feel that I've offended one person too many. And if I've offended someone and I put this out there to anyone watching me at any time, mm -hmm. feel free to say what you said to me was offensive mm -hmm. and then I can address it. And I have a right to say, I agree with you or I disagree with you. Mm -hmm. That's my right. That's everyone. Yes, but we can't be... You know, we're not responsible for other people's reactions. I know that. People assimilate and process the way they do. 
and they latch on to something in the way that they latch on. Um, if if somebody says, I don't like what you, you know, I did have a friend when we first started, we were talking about alcoholism and we were talking about language. And I said, what if somebody's doesn't drink anymore? But they keep saying they're in, still in recovery and it's been years. What if what if someone said, I am a recovered alcoholic? I'm recovered. I remember that show. My dear friend, who I, I won't mention, actually, he gave me he gave me permission to say this. And I his Robert Nolan from New York said, um, <clears throat> I can't use that language because I feel that alcoholics, when they say I'm recovered, my mind says, well, now that you recover, you can start drinking again. And I said, oh, uh, I never thought about that. Because he said, I'm just saying. And so I retracted what I said. I, I didn't know that if someone said, I'm recovered this or that, that it mean, their, that their mind says, well, now that you're recovered, you can do it again because you're not, you're no longer an addict. It puts it and I didn't even think about that. But in, in my language, I state the, I state, you know, what my determination and my, my, attentions are in the present yet i did not know that about addiction and i retracted what i said in the next show do you remember that when i just yes, i do i do so you know if somebody says you know that's not exactly right because and because i'm not on that page i'm not on this page so um that was a great educational experience for me and i owned up to it you know and if and we've had you know even in the book club other people have said well well, what do you mean by this? Well, I'm kind of uncomfortable with this. And we, they speak. They speak their mind and say, this is why I'm uncomfortable with this line or this paragraph of your book. Or when you say this about this and, you know, uh, we, we had a, a talk about karma uh, in a book club meeting, virtual book club meeting, where, you know, um, we're talking about illness and injury and when people get diseases and they don't, and people don't understand, well, they were such a good person. Why did they get this disease? They didn't bring it on themselves. And, and I say, or, or did they, or did they, or there is the other thing of karma. We, we, I believe in reincarnation. I don't believe we live one lifetime and move on and never do this again. I had a really powerful experience where I've remembered other lifetimes and lifetimes with people. I've got People in my life that we know we've known each other before. We lived lives together before. We know that. Um, I in know my that I was your Saint Bernard in a previous life. I'm sorry. I was your Saint Bernard in a previous. No, you were not. Life. Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> you do not even resemble a Saint Bernard. Anyway, uh, so you know, um, I, and I, I remind people there is such a thing as karma. And there's karma overflow. What in whatever life condition we leave our bodies in, it's believed that if you're coming back, you're going to come back in that life condition, and it's these things are going to you're going to co-create things over and over again until you learn the the lessons, until we learn the lessons. You know what's the lessons? And and a lot of people, I have to say, don't really click into what the lessons are. They don't even speak. They don't even. Think about, oh, what's the lesson here? It's that they're just not happy with the result. And I do have a chapter on karma. And I actually quote Shirley MacLaine. 
who I have to tell you was a major impetus in me starting my metaphysical studies when I was a teenager. She's the one that wrote about Dharma and karma and things of that nature. And I'm like, Oh, really? Well, that's interesting. And I started researching it and I got into it more and more until I started practicing Buddhism, you know, Nietzsche Buddhism. We do not worship Buddha as a God, by the way. I just want to make that clear to everybody. Uh, so, you know, um, it all, everything, everything in our life, most everything in our life does start, does start with us individually. And then we get to decide how we're going to co-create with higher consciousness and other people. Well, sometimes other, sometimes other people don't seem to be cooperating. And we have to look at that too. Why aren't they cooperating? Am I not cooperating? We're not seeing eye to eye. We're not on the same page. Yet we agreed to do this and we have a soul contract. So why are we not on the same page? Perhaps there's something to be worked out for the collective consciousness together, which I've experienced in my civilian job, working out the, the problems with the collective consciousness. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. Let's talk about our collective consciousness and 2023. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Goals, plans are uh, where we where we are going to move as we go into the new year. We've got exciting things coming ahead. I feel some changes coming, um, which I think are going to be great. But then again, and then again, we co-create together with higher consciousness. So I I have some ideas. I have some um, intentions. I'm not going to push them. Uh, I don't have any expectations of other people in my journey. Cooperation would be nice, but that doesn't mean I'm expected. They're expected. Uh, I. It is my fervent prayer that this my book, Let That Go, really catches on with a lot of people, and that more people start looking at their own beliefs, their language, their thoughts, their feelings, uh, their co-creation, and they stop pointing the finger. And if there is a problem person in their environment, they follow the proper channels and they at least attempt to have dialogue and work it out. Uh -huh. um, that's what's wrong with our planet now. People don't have dialogue. They don't work it out. They're They're addicted to winning. They're addicted to being right. We can see it with wars that are happening overseas and, you know, things that are going on and with military and power plays. And, you know, it's, it's, there are certain people on our planet that are just determined to win it. We're all, according to the, the laws of the law, what I call the law of one mm -hmm. or oneness, we're all supposed to win. We're all supposed to somehow win, not just this person or this person over here, we're all supposed to win. So how can we come together and have dialogue and, and have these uh, conversations and come to a mutual agreement? How can we do that? Uh, there is a way. And, and I think we're changing over from, I think we've all been raised with this either or belief. You can have this or you can have that, but you can't have anything else. It's this one or this one. It's either or. And I'm starting to notice this trend in politics in our country. More and more of us are independents. 
we don't like being put in a Democratic box or a Republican box. We we think independently. And, you know, I, I know so many people that vote for the lesser evil. Why does it? And here's my question. Why does it have to be that way? It doesn't have to be that way. Because, Sarah, with my shows, um, one of the when I do one on one interviews and you know this, one of the questions that I ask most of the people that I interview is for them to bring a picture of them as a five year old. And I ask for them to tell me about that five year old uh, self before society begins to tell them who they should be because uh-huh, even from a very early age when you go into a classroom individuality is frowned upon in this country if you are different um you are bullied you are picked on the teacher even teachers will ostracize you i got in trouble um with miss jordan in school because she made a comment about Lisa Britt, a girl that I went to school with. And I asked her if she talked about all of us when we were not in the classroom, mm-hmm. I was sent to the principal's office. Oh. And um, when I went into her, the principal was her sister, by the way. And I said, did I do something wrong by asking that question? And the principal said, no, let that be our little secret. And uh, she says, just don't do it again. But, we are, it's wrong. I mean, what is it where people are afraid of anyone else? You know, it's interesting because there's um, a show on CNN now called Mavericks. And, uh, and I've just seen the soundbite of this. And Billy Porter, who marches to his own drumbeat. Oh, I love my Billy. I met him many years ago in New York and I love him. Oh, yeah. I remember when he used I'm to. I'm just crazy him. about him. Yeah. Uh, but Billy Porter said all of a sudden, and this is him talking, my queerness has become my superpower. Um, it has a lot to do with the time that we're living in. The person that he is allowed to be right now, as he was going on, you know, and there's, it's very interesting, when he is on the red carpet, mm-hmm. being as flamboyant and as extravagant as he desires to be, mm-hmm. There are many within the African-American community and the gay community who are turned off by that because they feel that he is, the word that is used is showboating. Um, He is doing what he wants to do to make himself happy. Yeah. And yet, you know, um, I was having this conversation with someone the other day. Maybe something happened in this world that, Maybe it was always there and I wasn't aware of it until recently. Maybe it's because of social media and the fact that we get our news 24-7. But I seem to believe in my lifetime that people ran for office because they wanted to bring a change in the world, uh, hopefully for the better. But now I see people that are running for office who don't even have a platform, it's all about being number one and being the winner. Yeah. And, you know, you and I are in a profession that how many shows have, well, maybe you have never auditioned for a show that you didn't get. Mm -hmm. I know what it is like to audition 
sometimes five and six times, only to be told, I'm sorry, we went in another direction. Yeah. And I have had moments where I have just sat down and just wept because I wanted it so badly. Never in my life have I gone out and told anyone that role was stolen from me. That person didn't deserve that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I should have had that. And the fact that our politicians, the people that are running for office, are now going out there and saying it was stolen from them. And for what reason? And I want to say, you know, I know we don't like to get political on this show. And perhaps what I'm about to say is a political statement. But when Donald Trump was first elected, um, a friend of mine posted on Facebook and said, if you could say anything that you could to this man, what would you want to say? And everybody had all these attacks that they were making at him. And the question that I wanted to ask him was, who wounded you so badly that you need to retaliate with every person that you have come in contact with? And I have to say this, Fred Trump, his father, did quite a number on this kid that this kid was told you always have to be a winner. And being a winner is always being number one. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And even after the election, he could never say, I did not win. It, it is not within his psyche that he's able to do that. At 70, I think he's 72 now, or maybe he's older. 70 in his 70s, that this man is incapable of saying, Well, I didn't get this one, I'll try harder the next time, which is what most of us do. I don't do that, but, but I, I, you know, he, I'm not, I'm not going to comment politically, but I will say that maybe he is a representative of that group of people in our society. Maybe that's the lesson. You know, maybe he's showing us what that looks like. I know a lot of people that are addicted to being right and being and winning. I've known, I've known a lot of people that are addicted to being right and being and winning. Um, I've worked with them. I've worked for them, a lot of them. And uh, it's it's very sad. They don't hear when those of us speak up uh, about it and about the way we're treated along that path. That just they don't hear it. They just don't hear it. Their, their agenda is to, before the even conversation or meeting even begins, they're going to win, damn it. And no matter what we say, it's just a waste of time. They want us to think that it matters, but it doesn't. Because guess what? They usually win in the end. Anyway, doesn't matter what we have to say or what our feelings are. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people on our planet that don't care about other people's feelings. They don't care about other people's pain. It's all about them winning. And it, it, in the end, it does not bode well for those people that are addicted to being right and winning. It, it always comes back on them. It, you know, I don't like the word always, but I'm going to say typically it comes back on them. Eventually, if you, you just can't create that kind of karma 
and that kind of energy with other human beings and have it not dealt with by the universe. It's just not possible. It may take a while, you know, and I'm not saying this is what Trump deserves. I'm saying in general, anybody who's addicted to being right or winning, it comes back on them. Also, I'm going to say control. They're addicted to control. I write about in the book. I, I worked for someone that was a control freak, you know, and in the end, it just, you know, not well, good. Sarah, I want to say I'm raising my cup to you. Thank you, darling. Oh, how cute is that? Year. I'm raising I, my water to you. And I am sitting here with an open heart. And I am open to the possibilities of what 2023 bring to us. Do you want to lead us out in prayer as we go into the new, uh, uh, as we wrap this actually, show? Actually, actually, I'd not. I'd like to not pray or meditate. Here's what I'd like to say: All of us, let's 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 work together this coming year. Let's really equally participate in our collective consciousness. Let's. Let's pay attention. Let's pay attention to each other. And I'd like to ask that those of us that want, those of you who watch our show, that you really pay attention to what we're saying. We really pay attention to what we're delivering to you, please. Um, I love it that everybody who watches our show has a great time and they all say hi to each other. It's so cute. I love it that you love each other. At the same time, I'd like for you to really pay attention. Um, what, what, if we didn't think that what we were saying was important or what we were delivering to society is important, we wouldn't be doing it. And if any of all, everybody said, you know, we just don't like this anymore. We just don't think it's important. We wouldn't do it anymore. It's because people do feel that what we do is important and what we talk about is important. Um, it's my intention to deliver more to you on the let that go stage next year. Uh, I, I, I will promise you some, at some point in the year, there will be let that go merchandise and we will have our own page though. I'm saying out loud right now that anybody who owns the book, once I set up the page, all you got to do is send me a selfie with the book and, and you are on the page. I it's, it's for people who have the book and read the book and work the book to encourage each other and to talk to each other about the, the, work in the book and I will be on that page. Um, we, and Richard will too, we'll, we'll be participating with you as time goes on and hopefully, um, intentionally, perhaps you can lead other people to the work of the book and assist them in letting go as well to have a healthier, healthier life and just have a, a, a larger, higher sense of frequency, vibration and well-being. That's all I have to say. And happy new year. Happy 2023. We've come such a long way in the last year. And I see it really, really, I see us all really evolving next year. And I thank you for your patronage. And I thank you for watching. And I thank you for being, allowing me to be a part of your life experience. I love you. Love you more. Au revoir. Bye.